Hey there, entrepreneurs. Before we jump in, I have an exciting announcement to make. So I am launching right after the new year, a six week small group coaching program, and it is designed to help you release this crappy 2020 and jumpstart your income making potential in 2021. Now, let me just give you the quick skinny on this, but then you can visit the website, which I'll give you the information for too. So this program is perfect for you if you want to confidently kick off 2021 with a plan for success, because who doesn't want to do that? And you'd like to heighten your visibility, set yourself apart from the noise while increasing or diversifying your revenue streams in 2021. And also guys, if you have big dreams and you just need a little bit more support, you do not want to miss this program. I'm really excited about it. I'm really proud about it. We're going to be covering everything from strategic goal setting to, you know, tactical strategies like Facebook groups and podcasting, of course, affiliate partnerships, so much stuff all packed into a six week course at a pretty damn good price. If I do say so myself. So if you would like to learn more about that, visit createhonesty.com slash jumpstart. That is createhonesty.com slash jumpstart. Right now, I am jumping in with the tenacious Amanda Hamilton. Let's go. Ever found yourself teetering on the edge of throwing in the towel? You know, asking yourself questions like, is this supposed to be this hard? Or is it even possible to succeed at this entrepreneur thing? <sighs> I completely get it because I built my successful businesses while juggling major health issues for my children and myself, debt piling up to my eyeballs and so much more. Want to know how the hell I succeeded and how you can too? Tune in to find out. Here we go. Hey there, entrepreneurs. I am so excited to have Amanda Hamilton here as a guest on the show. This is one impressive lady, guys. I mean, if, just, just listen. Just listen to her bio <laughs> and all of the amazing things that she has done. I just, I'm so excited for this conversation. So she is described as tenacious, vibrant, and bold. And just reading that makes me want to chat with you even more. <laughs> um, she is an award-winning entrepreneur and an interior designer based in Calgary and creative director of Amanda Hamilton Interior Design, um, Palette Archives, and co-founder of the Procurement Agency. Amanda's bold and unorthodox, unorthodox, I can't even talk myself, there's so much stuff. <laughs> Amanda's bold and unorthodox approach to design and business has made her one of the most sought after creative minds in Canada. And guys, I was on her website and looking through, you know, some of the pictures of her clients in there. It's, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. And I'm, you know, you doesn't, you've done an amazing job with all that. Well, so, well, thank you. You're welcome. I'm not done yet though, folks, because <laughs> let's keep talking about how awesome she is. <laughs> Um, she's been fe featured in numerous publications, guys. So Calgary Influential Women in Business Emerging Leader, Leader Award, she's won. The 2019 Women of Inspiration Trailblazer Award, AWE Entrepreneurship Upsurge Award, Avenue Magazine's Top 40 Under 40, um, Silver Stevie Female Entrepreneur of Canada. Oh my goodness. And Calgary's Herald, Cal Calgary Herald's Most Compelling Calgarians. 
I don't, I don't even know where to begin. And guys, she does a ton of work with her alma mater, Mount Royal University, and she's a big champion of, you know, just, just helping those that are kind of coming up and out. And she does scholarship funding and so much other stuff. Amanda, thank you for coming on today. I'm so excited to have you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm excited to dig in. Yeah, I mean, you've got such an amazing background. And I think something that I really loved when I was doing all the research about you is the tagline that you have on your website that says, we seek to purposefully explore and creatively elevate space with intelligent, thoughtful, and soulful design. I mean, what an amazing, an amazing statement that is, um, especially around design. Sometimes you see people that are just like, nope, we design cool spaces. But that, tell me about that and where that kind of came from too for you. Yeah, it's sort of interesting because, um, you know, I think I became an entrepreneur very organically. It's, it's not something I, I, I maybe thought I was going to do, though, looking back, uh, I certainly had uh, all of the little precursors to being like, yeah, she's probably going to do that. But, you know, we were, we were quite a bit, quite a few years into our business, and we had never really gone through that, like, exercise of, like, core values and what our mission statement was. And we were really trying to figure out what it was. Um, that who we were, what our why was, and be able to communicate that in a way that our customers would also understand if they would be a good fit, because it's very much a relationship. And um, we don't really have, I wouldn't say we have a niche, we just really like doing interesting work, which I think Mm -hmm. has really informed how I've developed the rest of the business as well, and has been a big part of our success. So yeah, that beautiful statement is just really at the core of like what it is that we love to do with our clients and the experience that we want them to have as it relates to design. Yeah, I mean, and it it shows it shows just from the just from the gallery of photos that I was looking at at your website and like kind of your your online portfolio. I mean, there's definitely a certain style to you guys, and I think it's absolutely beautiful and tapped into you know, the, the, either the corporate or the, you know, business side that you're decorating and designing mm-hmm. or the personal side. I think your, your style is very apparent, I think, and well. Yeah. Into that. Yeah. And it's, it sort of goes into, uh, I went through this experience where I started feeling like interior design was, um, didn't have a lot of meaning for me. And so I really had to dig into, you know, it, it can be very materialistic and it can be very much about just creating beautiful spaces. Yeah. But I think that's the bare minimum of what we should be providing to a client. And I think that's why we talk about like intelligent, you know, solutions. One of our core values is to be resourceful. So mm-hmm. it isn't about spending the most amount of money or getting brand names. It's about picking like the right products for what the client needs and doing it in a way that's very intelligent. So I'm glad that you captured onto that. It means it's working. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think there's just something to be said, like you said, like it's not just about when you think about furnishing a home or designing a home space or even an office, I mean, pre-COVID when we were all in them 24 seven, yes. right? There's, <laughs> there's something to be said about really having kind of that emotional intelligence behind creating a space because it's much more than yeah. a space. We all know that. I mean, you especially know that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, tell us how you kind of, how you came into this. Give us a little bit of backstory and, you know, at The Resilient Entrepreneur, we like to hear, we'd like to hear the honest stuff too. That was maybe a little harder along the journey too. Yeah. Well, let me, let me rewind to, uh, to my formative years is child, childhood Amanda. (laughs) Uh, I, my mom was actually uh, 17 when she got pregnant with me and so had me when she was 18. And so I was actually raised in my mother's house with my grandparents sort of acting as my, you know, parents. My mom was young. She had three younger siblings, um, a family of teachers, educators, busy, busy household, big age gap between myself and, and my 
uncles and aunts, but they very much acted as sort of like brothers and sisters. And so I grew up in this really interesting extended family, um, si you know, situation, seven people in a bungalow, one bathroom. Wow. One bathroom. Wow. So when people are like, oh, you're an only child, you don't know how to share. And I'm like, oh, I know Ooh. how to share. <laughs> and I also know how to pee in the backyard. If I need to go, I'm going to go. So you want to talk about hard stuff? Peeing in the backyard because you couldn't get into the washroom. Yeah, so don't tell me about hard. <laughs> don't tell me about hard. The neighbors probably thought I was crazy, which is, you know, it. not totally untrue. Yeah. So, you know, I, a family of educators, so um, school has always been uh, really, really important. And I went to 14 different schools growing up. So I would either be at my aunt's school or my grandma's school or with my mom or with my grandpa. And so I, I've been all over the place. And when, I'm, when I graduated, I, you know, went into university for a couple of years in a general arts program, went from being like a straight A student to like basically being on the like probation list because I just really wasn't like doing what I loved. Yeah. Yeah. And so I kind of call it like the first epiphany I've ever had is I sat down one day, I'd never heard about interior design before. I found a program. Um, I, I was raised in Edmonton. I found a program in Calgary and literally presented a binder to my parents and said, I'm moving to Calgary. And they literally just like laughed at me. And then that was the thing. I was like, oh, you're going to laugh at me. You're going to yeah, tell me I'm not it. moving to Calgary. I'm like, mm, I'm out of here. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I moved to Calgary in 2002, um, did a four-year interior design program, which was actually condensed into three years. So you're basically going to school year round. Yeah. And then in that four-year program, I also did three work terms. So um two in Edmonton, one in Toronto. And then I also studied a semester abroad in Mexico. So like it was whirlwind, graduated in 2005. Ooh, the market was so good. <laughs> it was so good. Um, and worked for a company for about three years and then decided when I had a really cushy safe job in the middle of the recession in 2009 with no savings and no business experience, that would be a perfect time to start a business. Of course. Well, <laughs> a, duh. I mean, 11 years later from incorporation and 13 years later from really like starting it on my own, uh, here I am thriving. And um, what I didn't understand or know in business, I made up for in work ethic. <laughs> many of us do that it's like if somebody had told us all the things that we wouldn't have known <laughs> you know yeah. going into I'm like this, sorry you're like hmm, ignorance is bliss on some levels when you go yeah. into I, I remember being like oh my gosh I get to go talk to my lawyer and now I'm like how much are you going to charge me for that five minute call do I really need to call you <laughs> exactly. can I get a deal I've been a client for a decade can mm -hmm. I get a deal yeah it is funny how things change yeah. so yeah that's sort of how I got my start I had um I had some clients reach out to me on the side. I, I was lucky to leave my company. I didn't poach an entire, one single client. I started on my own and it just took off from there. And what I found is people still wanted design services, even in a recession. And I was able to offer it in a way that was, you know, competitively priced. That's wonderful. Wonderful. I mean, yeah. so what, what do you, I mean, what do you attribute being able to kind of make that leap of faith to where you just kind of like, you know, screw it and jumped or, you know, there are people who do that. So, I mean, what do you think like gave you the courage to kind of just jump in such a volatile situation? I mean, I think there's like probably a couple different things. I mean, entrepreneurs are inherently a little crazy, right? We, yeah, we are. We yeah. tend, we tend to be rather opportunistic and 
we are sort of a jump, figure out the details later type of person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think that's definitely a, a factor. And that's the part that I think um, was, was sort of innate. Um, and, you know, I, I really thought that there would maybe be an opportunity for me to sort of design the life and world and work experience that I wanted, right? So uh, while I did really enjoy the work I was working, the work I was doing at the firm, I, I wanted the opportunity to really like, take on my own clients and go through that on my own. And, and, and one of the other things too, with the reason why I brought up is going to like 14 different schools, change has become my constant. When I sit doing the same thing for too long, that actually makes me really antsy. So I am definitely a starter. I get things going and then I move on. And then I have this amazing, incredible team of women that I've built around me who know how to complete things. Thank God, because nothing would (laughs) ever get done. That's like the curse of a CEO right there, or like a visionary, right? Is like, I have this vision, but I'm a squirrel, like in your hair. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But when you surround yourself with implementers, you're just like, yes, I get to do exactly what I love to do. And, and honestly, a hundred percent, like I wake up, not to say there hasn't been those, those down days. I wake up every day being like, damn, I feel lucky that I am doing something I love and that I look forward to doing. That's awesome. I mean, it's something you said, you're right. We are, we are a certain kind of crazy in the entrepreneur. You have to to be okay with a certain amount of risk. You just, it's, I don't know. Yeah. You come in like, oh, this will be a sure thing. Then you should probably go get a paycheck job and that's fine. Um, But you may not. You you just, you just saying that, honestly, I, and you know what? I have absolute respect. I think there's a lot of respect. Um, for people who understand what it is they want out of a profession and they're, and that's what they're going for. Like I have friends who are like, hell no, I wouldn't want to do what you do. And I'm like, in return, I'm like, hell no, I do not want a fob card that is attached to my belt loop. <laughs> and and on, the, on like one of those stretchy things I've had. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and when I want to take a three hour lunch, I don't want to have to ask somebody to do it or if I want to take a vacation. And so, you know, as you know, there are pros and cons and yeah. you just have to determine what, where your priorities lie. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's funny you say that my husband is, um, he's an engineer and he's in a very like big, stable company. And we have that conversation a lot because I look at him and I'm like, he's been there for like 15, I don't even know how many years now. And I'm like, and he probably loves it and it's perfect for him. He does. And then he has the same reaction to me and he's like, no, he's like, I could never like from one day to the next. You've got the balance. At least, you know, you always have his paycheck. (laughs) Right. We are really fortunate for that. And I already, I always have like his little bit of sanity on the side where I'm like, they, they ground us. gigantic thing. And he's like, um, hello, like family stability. <laughs> what? And I'm like, ah. so I mean, we push each other. We push each other out of our comfort zones equally. We'll say that's great. <laughs> but I mean, so when you were like throughout your kind of journeys and business and stuff like that, I know like you basically built kind of like you alluded to before, like a, a recession proof business. I mean, what do you think went into kind of, kind of doing that, especially for our listeners? I mean, it's COVID time, right? So I think anything yeah. you can say around that is going to be beneficial for folks. For sure. So I, I consider myself a bit of an accidental entrepreneur for sure. And I didn't maybe learn the strategy was one of my strengths and probably till like year five or six. So a lot of this happened organically. So when I say recession proof in the sense that like there's a lot of different layers about how I've sort of vertically stacked my business. But one of the biggest things that has saved us early on, because I would call this like recession three and a half, you know? Yeah. Um, and I will and I will touch specifically on COVID and how we've approached that. But um we 
you know, there's that general rule that you're supposed to pick something you're really good at and put your, what is it, your 10,000 hours, your 100,000 hours and yeah. become an expert in that. Yeah. But I would say what I've learned is that I'm a little bit more of a generalist, right? So we are really good at what we do, but it's not like we just do work in Calgary and we just do like, you know, classic contemporary homes and we just work in this one neighborhood. We work across Western Canada. We don't just do residential design. We do residential, commercial, and we work with real estate developers. And then within each of those markets, there's a number of things that we do. So in residential, we do custom homes, we do renovations, we do furniture and styling, we do vacation properties. Um, so when you layer it that way, when the market ebbs and flows, there's certain markets that become more depressed and other ones that thrive. So as an example, I don't think anybody could have guessed how COVID was going to affect an individual business. One would have assumed, economists would have been like, interior design, luxury service, you're done. We, yes, did we dip for sure? We definitely dipped for a bit, but we are back up to being pre-COVID staff, pre-COVID busy, pre-COVID project load, um, because people are spending all of this time inside their house and they're no longer spending money on traveling. They're not going out as much. and and yes, of course, there has been so many people that have lost their jobs, but there are still a lot of people that still have their jobs right, and have right. been working full time. Like I have not had a break. There's been no vacation to work on myself during COVID. This has just been <laughs> no. full on. Right. Yeah. And, you know, through all this, I think the other thing is, I mean, what has happened has been absolutely devastating. But the best way that I can show up as an entrepreneur is to continue to feed the economy and to make sure I'm employing people. And so I sort of looked at it as a big distraction. We, we didn't pivot because my other business, Palette Archives, was set up, you know, several years ago, which, you know, already works for this market. Yeah. Um, we just stayed, you know, the course and continue to work on the initiatives that we have always been working on. We're lucky that way. I think a lot of people had to pivot during this time. So mm -hmm. setting up your business again, to be in different markets and to work with different clients, not having your eggs all in one basket. Right. I ultimately think that's what saved us, but it just came out of me being like, I want to work on cool, interesting, different things. I don't want to do just one thing. You know, you don't become an entrepreneur so that you can do the same thing day in and day out. Yeah. I mean, and you hear that a lot from extremely successful entrepreneurs about kind of, you know, diversifying your portfolio for lack of a better term, yes. right? which is contrary to, you know, the other kind of line of thinking about like niche down, like pick one thing, like you were saying, like do it really well. Um, and I tend to yeah. be similar to you or I'm like, but if I wanted to do the same thing day in and day out, wouldn't I just go work for somebody else? Like I want to be able to exactly express myself artistically. Cause I'm a, I'm a theater kid. So like, I've got the art stuff in my back of my, my mind too. I'm a theater kid too. No, I mean, it's so, I mean, it's like, it's something that does not leave your body, like that creative nature. Yeah. Um, you know, and plus I feel like as entrepreneurs, like you see a business opportunity or just different ideas everywhere you go. Um, yeah. and I can imagine like, do you guys follow suit with the real estate market? I know at least down here in Massachusetts, like real estate is super hot right now. So anybody who tells me like people don't have money to buy or to do interior designing or anything like that, I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. I think you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the market here has been busy as well. Like I think it's, again, you know, I think it depends on what market you're in. If you're a real estate agent who only does luxury homes over a million dollars in certain communities, you're struggling right now. 
if you are somebody that works in multiple communities, multiple yeah. different price points, or, you know, under working under that million dollar, I mean, I know that's totally economy and location dependent, yeah. then you're really busy right now because people are sitting in their homes, they're unhappy, they had savings, they're like, this is a project we can work on. Um, they might be homeschooling, they need more space. So, you know, we generally do to a certain extent, I find, you know, a part of an arm of our business is we also do our own project management for our construction sites. Yeah. And, you know, there tends to be a trickle down effect generally when there's a recession. So our clients get hit and then they put their projects on hold and then we put our projects on hold. Yep. And then, you know, our, all of, all of the little people that work underneath us then, then get in trouble. Um, whereas right now the construction industry, because it's considered an essential service, yeah. our trades are smoking busy. Huge. We yeah. are like, yeah. And so again, who would have, who would have guessed, like if you owned a grocery store, you're doing pretty good right now. I know. I know. Or, or a food delivery company, plastic, plexiglass and plastic or Clorox or any of those, you know, yeah. it's amazing. Face, <laughs> face mask. Like there's a local cleaning company in Calgary. These guys are killing it. Like I want to yeah. hire them. I just like what they're doing. And it's a female run, female owned yeah. company. I mean, and I think that's, there's something to be said also about like not getting stuck in your like little lane. Like I think sometimes entrepreneurs come in and they're married to an idea. And I was just having this conversation with somebody the other day is like, you can't, if you come into no. your, your business with one vision, I haven't met anybody at least. And I mean, maybe you have, but I haven't met anybody who like three, five, 10 years down the line, it ex looks exactly like what they set out to do at the beginning. Like it just, it's human, well, look, we at don't work block, look at Blockbuster, look at yeah. Blockbuster as an example. I'm pretty, I could be totally getting this wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Netflix approached them they or did. something like that. Yep. Yeah. They turned them down. And they're yeah. like, they're like, nah, well now they don't exist. And so like you, you do like, I think the pivot has to be intentional Yes. Um, and you have to be forward thinking. You know, I think when I talk about my company Palette Archives, like that has been, you know, incubating, you know, for the last three years and we launched it two years ago. Um, it is primed for this market. It is right. intended to be sort of a hands-off delivery to your door interior design service. Whereas I think a lot of people had to pivot during this time. Yeah. And then you just get distracted from what you should have been working on because the reality is, is people will return to traditional consulting services. Yes. Now we get to work for the hybrid model, right? right. A little bit of online, a little bit of in-person. Mm -hmm. Which is smart. Again, yeah. diversifying your portfolio and kind of planting seeds in multiple, multiple places to see what, what grows at which time. Yes. Right. Smart exactly. business. Smart business. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what would you kind of in the past, like in COVID for your own kind of sanity, right? Cause like you said, there's like the dips, there's the unknown, there's all that stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. what have you done to kind of keep yourself sane through this? <laughs> well, I actually really enjoyed COVID, not COVID, what happened COVID, no, but, but I get the, I get that it. was, that was shitty. Yeah. Um, it is shitty. It's still happening obviously, and will be for a while. Um, but I, what I think for me, what I realized was that, um, instead of like FOMO fear of missing out, it's like JOMO, like joy of yes. missing out, like really, yeah. really resting into where my priorities, uh, lie, what I want to be what I wanted to be focused on. So I have been wanting to write a book for a long time. And I finally signed with a publisher um, out of Vancouver in March. And it was like, this is where I want to be spending my time. You know, yeah. not to say I'm not going to go out and do social things because I do like to go out and do that. But it just gave me an opportunity to refocus. And I think for a lot of people, if they came at it with a positive mindset, 
it, it gave them an opportunity to learn, refocus, rest. Like when else in your lifetime are you going to get like a paid sabbatical right. basically? Although right. in the States, I think it's a little bit different. I don't yeah. know how much money is being, you know, where, whereas Canada has obviously, um, you know, is providing, you know, compensation to people and is continuing to do that to support them just until the economy recovers. Yeah. Um, yeah. When else do you get that opportunity? You don't. I mean, and I, and I, and I'm with you too, is, I mean, it's awful. There's so many things that are awful, but I think, and maybe it's because I live in kind of like this bubble of entrepreneurs where yeah. I've just seen so many amazing things. And as a business strategy coach and consultant, like that's what I do all day is help people pivot and move and re-strategize their businesses, you know? So, and I've had conversations before, you know, people are like, well, these poor businesses, they can't pivot. They have nothing that they can do. It's out of their control. You know, and I've had some pretty heated conversations where I'm kind of like, yeah, I may call a little bit of bullshit um, on that lack of pivoting or inability to pivot. I mean, there are some things that are completely out of your control, right? If you don't have the money yeah. or you really have been rooted in your business for 25, 30 years, like that, then you're undoing like 30 years of habits, essentially. Um, yeah. Programming, which I feel for it, but I think there's also been so many amazing incredible things that have come out of this. Like you said, the solitude alone, like I'm discovering for myself, like I am a hundred percent an introvert. I didn't think that would ever be a thing. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. And, and so I think the only part where I really feel is I think if you were somebody who were single or living alone, yeah. that probably was very, very isolating. And, and, you know, luckily that, that wasn't my experience. Um, I was with my partner during that time. And so, you know, you have some human interaction, Yeah, but, um, I, I, yeah, I, I think for the people that I know, the entrepreneurs that I know, um, they were very resilient and they had other things on the go, right? Like yeah. they had other things that they were working on. So even though their primary core business was shut down, they already had a few things in the work. So again, it's really about diversifying your business. So yeah. if you have a brick and mortar store that is, is you know, uh, personal services or retail or whatever, what are you doing online? right? What was your program for online? Do you have another business model? Is there a backup? And unfortunately it is sad seeing, um, there's so many businesses that have shut down. I think right. the biggest thing that I, um, that I saw out of this, just talking to other people and experiencing, experiencing it myself, but on the positive side is people who had, you know, a nest egg or had set themselves up financially we're doing okay during this time. It was amazing to me how many people I talked to who were like, we are a week away from being bankrupt. Like yeah. they just, they had, they had yeah. absolutely nothing. And, and we were very lucky just based on what was happening with us during that time that, you know, money, money didn't become a massive issue. Cause you're right. If that, there's literally probably nothing more stressful as an entrepreneur, as you know, is it's like making payroll, paying your fixed expenses, yeah. That shit will eat you up all night long. It will. If you, yeah. And so I think that that's a major stressor. And I think for a lot of people, if they were already on the edge of being like, do I want to do this anymore? They yeah. just packed yeah, up. Push them right over. And I think I have a lot of conversations right now with people too, because at least here in the States, at least in Massachusetts, we're all kind of like, yeah, I wonder how long this, like, cause we've been somewhat open back up. School's kind of back in session and we're all kind of yeah. like, well, how long is this going to last? Let's see. You know? <laughs> so, but I think the beauty of that is if you do have a business, like you said, this is the perfect time to be strategically planning for your business. hundred percent. Cause you yeah. never and I, that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there's, and you know, I, I, I'm part of the entrepreneurs organization and uh, you know, one of my members is in, in my forum, he made what I think is going to be an incredible shift in, in his business. And, you know, it just gave him that little push to get it done, you yeah. know, and it's probably going to make him happier. It's going to make him more money. It's mm -hmm. going to diversify his business. It's going to allow him more financial freedom and just freedom to do work from where we want. So it's like, there's also a lot of good that's come out of this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I think even the, the, the not so good and the horrible and all that, I mean, there's a reason why I call this the resilient entrepreneur, because I think there's value in building your resilience muscles as much as it sucks sometimes to go through and it's hard, yes. and it, you know, but there is, I think at least on our end over here, my family, we've been through some serious shit in the last couple of years. And so when this yeah. hit, we were kind of like, you know, like That's we were like, I was. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I don't, I'm not saying that insensitively because again, like those yeah. folks who are by themselves, I have some friends who are in that, like, and there were some awful situations, but I think for us, we were like, eh, another fucking thing. Okay. Let's, yeah. let's move. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, you do, you do, you know, everybody always asks like, um, how do you, how do you deal with stress? And mm -hmm. like, how have you been able to like manage that in your life? And I'm like, it's not that the stress changes. You just, you just become more resilient yes. and better, better, just better, um, you know, better prepared to deal with it. That those things that used to bother you just, you just realize like, I, I mean, it's very cliche, but this too shall pass is exactly. sort of one of the things that I remind myself of. And, and I have a few little mantras I like to repeat to myself and just reminds me that like you go through this stuff and it is going to pass. We're going to yeah. come out of it. Again, I'm pretty bullish when it comes to this stuff, but I do think that, that we will recover. And I have to say, I live in a province which is incredibly resilient and very entrepreneurial. Yeah. So I am surrounded by, you know, people who are just incredibly tenacious. That's amazing. I mean, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, and I think to every union is a yang, you know, darkness, yes. light, you know, there's always an opposite. So, I mean, if you are listening to this right now and you're an entrepreneur, know that, you know, it's, even if you're not an entrepreneur, any, anybody listening to this, know that even if it's bad, it has to get good. It's like the yeah. way of the universe. That's kind of how my brain thinks. I mean, so for anyone, so yeah. for anyone who's kind of like listening to this and at that point of like, you know, kind of fuck this, like, what would you, what would you say to them? In terms I, of I think, I, I think there's two things. I think there's the one that you just said is, is like this, this idea of understanding that there's these ebbs and flows in business. And you just, you just really have to figure out how you can, how, I mean, and again, I mean this in a positive way, but compartmentalize maybe what's happening with your business mm -hmm. is not being a reflection of you as an entrepreneur. But, you know, I also want to talk about the elephant in the room because this is also a time when you are going to be tested and yeah. maybe you should not be an entrepreneur. There's a, there's a book by um, Seth Godin called The Dip. Yeah. And, you know, it's all about crossing that sort of that chasm, right? And yeah. so I, I think for some people too, recognizing through these really tough times that maybe this isn't what they want to do, right? you know? And I think there is nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I, I've got a, a gal who works for me, um, Rochelle, who has always been very upfront. She does not want to be the number one person. She has no interest in that. She really loves being the number two person. Right. You know, she loves to support me and what I need to do. 
Um, and I think that there's value in coming to the table of really assessing right now what it is that you want out of your life and how it's affecting your happiness. Because I think there's, you can get really wrapped up in ego being like, this is my thing. This is my business. But if it's ultimately not making you happy and you'd rather just go and work for somebody else, go do that. The world needs every different type of people. I wouldn't be able to run my business if the world was filled with people like me. Like the world would probably explode if it was filled with people like us. <laughs> Nothing would ever get done. There'd be a lot of really great ideas that were like 60% yeah. complete. I know. But I think, I think you're spot on to say like, and I mean, it could be just a not right now situation too. Like I have a lot of friends who have, you know, yeah. kids at home or, you know, responsibilities or whatever. And they're, they're like, I don't know if I can hang on to my business, you know, and I'm not, this is by no means advocating for like, put your business aside for whatever duties, but you yeah, know, there's a season sometimes. And I think that for me personally, that sucks to think about, right? That there's yeah. a season that maybe this isn't the right season, but it does not make you any less of an entrepreneur. It doesn't make you any 100%. You know, less of a business person. It may just mean you take a pause, you take a break. The business will still be there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and not only that, think about how many, you know, incredibly successful entrepreneurs have failed a million times. I mean, there's, you know, there's success stories of people who like didn't make it through university. They had to claim bankruptcy. Their first couple of businesses failed. So, you know, I think that's, you know, where the resiliency and the tenacity comes in. That is what your podcast is about is, is really honing in on that, but then also making sure that like, that is the right place for you to be. Yeah. And I mean, I've had a lot of conversations lately with people who are kind of tackling that, like, when do you say when? (laughs) Um, Well, you'll never figure that out, right? Yeah, exactly. It's not going to be like this epiphany of like, oh, let's quit today. Like, that's not how it works. But I think you alluded to it earlier where, and I was actually speaking to another guest earlier too, and she considers, you know, joy is a key performance metric to her. You know, so if you are showing up and you absolutely fucking hate your life, you know, maybe you take a pause and say <laughs> something's going to change, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just think being honest with yourself is so important right now. I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs come out of recessions because people end up losing their jobs and then they start their own companies, right? And that can be a beautiful experience too, but it, call, it can also be an expensive one, right? It's, it's not easy to get a, a business off the ground, especially if you've got incredible overhead or capital expenses associated with it. So you're just taking this time to figure out truly what you want, I think is the most important. Yeah. Agreed. What you want, I think in taking stock and, you know, purposefully designing your life, which I think on, on another positive of this time is I'm seeing a lot of people actually go, Oh, wait, I think it was, who was it? The the guy who founded BNI or something like that was saying like calling Mm. this like the great pause, right? Yes like you said earlier, like when in our lives are we going to have a collective pause in the world where you don't have that FOMO, like weighing down on you for stuff um, in order to decide and architecture your life, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. So I mean, as we kind of wrap up and stuff like that, what's kind of one final tidbit of advice that you would, that you'd give the entrepreneur that's listening to this, that's kind of dealing with all the crap they're dealing with, you know, you know, what's the piece of advice you'd give? Oh, it's such, that's such a great question. I mean, I, I wish I could solve the world's problems, right? You know, would be great, right? <laughs> I probably wouldn't have a podcast though. Cause we wouldn't need resilience. Yeah. We wouldn't need resilience. Like this is so easy. Um, I mean, I, again, I think it kind of goes, goes back to that. Like one of the mantras that I have is 
will this matter in five seconds, five minutes, five hours, five days, five weeks, five months, and, and keeping perspective, because I think it's really easy to get caught up in our own shit, right? 100%. And yeah. we're watching too much news. We're taking in too much information that's not helping us, as opposed to really turning inward and going, what is it that I need? And then having perspective of like, how do you get through this period of time? And so, you know, I guess from an advice standpoint, I, I think it's like, it's, it's digging in, it's digging yeah. into to, to you and what you need and being really honest with yourself and really honest with the people around you about how you need to be supported. Um, but again, this too shall pass. And, and honestly, anybody who's just getting into this and then this is their big first blip and craziness, this is not going to be the last, right. nor is it going to be the craziest. I mean, I remember once having to like cash in my RRSPs to like pay for payroll. Like this shit happens, right? You know, like it is going to be continuous. So you have to figure out whether it's rituals or habits or whatever it is that you do to figure out how to keep perspective and understand that like this stuff is going to happen. You just need to deal with it and keep rolling with the punches. Right. Right. And I think like you said, come out of your own shit. Like don't, don't yeah. pay attention to all the stuff swirling around and put some really strong boundaries in place. And like you said, habits and practices, oh, boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Yeah. Like, yeah. hundred percent. My, um, yeah. my business coach, my business coach has this like really great saying, um, and I use it all the time. So flexibility within the framework. So create a framework for your life, your days, your responsibilities, but then allow yourself flexibility within that. And I have found that has helped me create so much discipline in terms of like where I'm setting my priorities, where I'm putting my attention, where my focus is. And then you, you get so much more out of your day. You're like, yeah, damn, I nailed that day. Yeah, exactly. You forget what day it was. Like all day I thought it was Tuesday and it's actually Wednesday, but I mean, that's what happens when you're working at home, right? Right. You know, you have no idea what day it is. I asked someone earlier and I was yeah. like, it's Thursday. And she's like, no, Michelle, it's not. It's not. It's not. I wish it was Thursday because Thursday is an undercover Friday. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Tell folks where they can find you and all your different places. And I'll be sure to put stuff in the show notes as well. Yes, absolutely. You can find me uh, at AHID Studio and at Pellet Archives, or my personal is at Amanda M. Hamilton. Uh, you can check out our website at www.amandahamiltondesign.com. Or you can just Google Amanda Hamilton yeah, into your design and a million things will come up. The good and the bad, everything. <laughs> I love it. Well, yeah. thank you so much, guys. Be sure to go and check her out. She's got an amazing story and her stuff is just beautiful. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful. Aww, thank so you. Thank you. We have so great much. clients. We have great clients. Yeah. And great. I have a great team. So Awesome. Well, they do a great yeah. job. So thank you so much They're for incredible. being with us today. Of course. Thank you. All right. So there are a couple different things that I just want to drive home from this episode. I mean, I have to say like, that is honestly, I'm not even lying. Like the description for this episode says like the number one thing I keep hearing from millionaires and successful people, you know, is you've got to diversify your income streams. Right. And you can tell by what Amanda did is that, and I mean, on some levels, like she said, she didn't do it with this sort of a COVID recession scenario in her head, but, you know, just by somewhat luck, she just happened to have a diverse set of income streams that, you know, could weather different storms. So if you are sitting there looking at your business and you're thinking, um, you know, I just want to do this one little itty bitty thing. If that is a conscious decision 
okay, fine. You know, maybe I can get behind that, but just know that, you know, you could be missing out on the opportunity for a lot of different streams of income. If you could just open your mind a little bit and be open to different possibilities that may come along with those streams. And also, you know, just want to reiterate what she was saying about this too shall pass. And if you're listening to this right now and you are right smack dab in the middle of the fire, do you need to know that you will come out of it? And that is just my friendly reminder for you about that. And on next week's episode, I am, I'm just, I'm, I'm, kind of giddy, a little bit excited to welcome my friend Kay Page Engel to the show. She is a visibility coach, a travel entrepreneur, stationery and gift designer, lifestyle influencer, and an international speaker. You are going to really want to hear this. We're going to talk pivoting your business. We're going to talk resilience. We're going to talk Instagram, talking about all sorts of things so you won't want to miss it. And just a friendly reminder, if you'd like to know more about my group coaching program launching in January, please visit createhonesty.com slash jumpstart. That's createhonesty.com slash jumpstart. And as always, if you love this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, download, rate, and review, and you know, tell a friend because who couldn't use a little more resilience in their life. Right guys? See you later.